and Jules and Troy. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high quality supplies for every industry, plus real time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Buffalo Bills post game show is being brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. By the BFLO store, the official retailer of the Buffalo Bills. By the UPS store, everything for small business all in one place. By TRS Heating and Air Conditioning, we treat you as if you were our only customer. By Raylax Honda, Raylax, we got this. And by Lockport Outdoor Store, high impact gear for hardworking men and women. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. An Odyssey station. The official voice of the Buffalo Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550 and WGR550.com. This is a Paddock Chevrolet Sports Update. A game of emotion, kick returns, and a Bills win as the Bills defeated the New England Patriots 35-23 to to clinch the second seed in the AFC. And now it's on to the playoffs for Buffalo. They'll be taking on an AFC East rival in the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round. Naeem Hines shining with a pair of kick return touchdowns of 96 and 101 yards. Josh Allen, 19 of 31 for 254 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Rookie James Cook led the way with 45 yards rushing for the Bills today. Stephon Diggs had 104 yards on seven receptions with a touchdown as well. The Bills had no injury news in this game against New England as the playoffs are just around the corner for next week. Around the league, the AFC playoffs are set. Miami's taking on the Bills in the 2-7 and seven game. Meanwhile, the three and six seeds, it's Baltimore in Cincinnati as the Bengals will host that game. The Jaguars will be bringing in the L.A. Chargers for the 4-5 matchup. Elsewhere around the league, the Bears are on the clock first overall after losing to Minnesota 29-13. The Texans then also last minute beat the Colts 32-31. Games in progress, the Seahawks are looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. Right now, though, they are down 13-6 at halftime against the Rams. A Seahawks loss would mean win and in for both the Lions and Packers as those two teams square off on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, hoping to win and clinch it. They're up 16-0 on the Giants at halftime. Also on at halftime here, the 49ers hoping for an Eagles loss. They're up 21-13 on the Cardinals. A loss by Philadelphia would put the 49ers in the driver's seat there. Meanwhile, the Cowboys down 13-6 on Washington. A loss from San Fran and the Eagles would allow the Cowboys the one seed. This update is brought to you by Fiegel Carr and Joyce, your border attorneys. I'm Derek Kramer for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left. 23 left. Will. It's time for the overtime show with Nate Geary. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the overtime show here on WGR. If you missed today, somehow, Bills get a uh, 35 to 23 win. Over the New England Patriots, they moved to 13-3, their second 13-win season in the last three years. Could have had a 14th win, but, uh, you know, last week, and what a week it was. What an unbelievable atmosphere it was today. I got to the stadium around 7.30, and you just you got to the stadium, even though it was dead empty. I mean, there just was nothing going on at the stadium when I got there. I mean, it's early. They don't let fans in until, like, 11 or something. Um just had a different feel today, man. Had a different feel. And listen, I'm, I'm going to talk about um, the game itself here in just a moment. There's, I, It's hard because I want to look at the season as a whole, encapsulate it. It's over, <laughs> the regular season. Somehow, somehow the season's over. I, I just I don't know where the time went this year. Um, I can't tell you that I feel like I got a really good chance to appreciate this year. Um 
it was a frustrating season, right? Um, it was capped off by, you know, immeasurable sadness and then triumph the last couple of days, really, frankly, the last couple of hours, it feels like. Um, and here we are. I mean, it's the end of the 2022 season. It's over, folks. We are on to the playoffs. The Bills got to win four games. None of which, by the way, will be on the road, which is nice. All of which are either going to be home or in a neutral site field. It's a win for me. But I kind of want to think about and talk about this season as a whole. Just unbelievable. I mean, in my cognizant lifetime, right? Like, I was born during the Super Bowl run. Like, in 91, I was born. And, I mean, I, I got no recollection of the Super Bowls. It wasn't really, you know, the lights weren't on upstairs. I wasn't really <laughs> watching games and understanding, like, I often tell people my first, like, true Bills memory is the Music City Miracle. It was also the first time I ever heard my dad swear. So, um, I, I think about this season, and I think about where we were in July, right? The the Going into the season in July, every single NFL Live, uh, every, every get-up uh, on on. Uh, you know, whatever debate show on Fox Sports or uh, NFL NFL Network, all it was just all consuming. It was the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. We like the Bills. The Bills. The Bills. The Bills. The season started. Boy, did it start good! Oh, that LA game. That LA game was it. The LA game was awesome. And. Then the Dolphins game happens, and you feel like, oh, I got a little crack in the foundation. Now, all of a sudden, Miami's like, good. They're going to win the division now. All is lost. Then they go on that two-game losing streak. They lose to Minnesota and New York. Josh Allen's throwing interceptions, turning the ball over. You lose Von Miller. You lose Micah Hyde early. A lot of adversity this season. I just... I can't remember a year with a team, and, and this goes beyond the Bills. It just kind of goes on being an NFL fan of a, for a long time, my whole life. The expectations and then the adversity that the team with all the expectations got. I mean, Luke Knox, right, to start the year. Dawson's younger brother passing away. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. That starts the year, right? And then Micah Hyde in week three goes down. We're, we're waiting for Trey White. We don't know if when's Trey White playing. I mean, that was the conversation for half the freaking year. When's Trey White coming back? When's Trey White coming back? And he came back, and Josh Allen gets the UCL injury against the, the Jets. Then an insane blizzard happens, and with said insane blizzard, the Bills are forced to punt on a home game and have to go play in Detroit two times in five days or whatever it was, play tw three games in 12 days, win all three of them, and then, you know, have to go on the road when everybody here is getting blizzarded in. It's not a word, but I made it. I made it. I'm, I'm recognizing it's not a word. And we lose, you know, 40-plus of our community members in a tragic way. On Christmas, no less. And the team kind of getting stuck, had a try to fly back and then drive through the crowd. I mean, then obviously the DeMar Hamlin thing and not getting this Cincinnati game in and having all these rules have to be changed. It just, I don't remember a team with all of these expectations and then for it to sort of play out the way that it did. I want to say that I feel confident. I want to say that this feels like a team of destiny. And in a way it does. It would not shock me because, A, I had the expectation that they should be a deep, deep playoff team, that they should win a Super Bowl. But I'm sitting here today having watched this game, the 17th game of the season should have been, you know, in, in week 18 or 16th game technically. And I keep sort of thinking to myself, you know, you watch the defense today and, you know, they struggled, but the Bills turned the football over three times and the Bills defense holds them to three points on those turnovers. Hugely important in this game. Special teams, uh, Naeem Hines has the most unbelievable performance you could ever ask for. The timing, the first return on the kickoff, like, come on. I mean, unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Very Destiny feels. A lot of Destiny feels. But it's hard because there are frustrations about this team and how they win. And listen, those go away in the playoffs. There are zero style points in the playoffs. There are style points in the regular season. And when you're good, like, you realize that there are such things as style points. There are style points in the regular season. That's how you win MVP. And maybe that's not on the top of everyone's list. That's how you get the one seed, right? It's how you are in power rankings. And some of this stuff doesn't matter, right? I mean, who cares where the Bills end up in power rankings? That's going to mean nothing as to whether or not they actually have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But it's part of, like, the feel-good stuff. It's part of being a fan is waking up on Monday morning and flipping on Get Up on ESPN and having them talk about how the Bills are the best. There, there's no denying like, that that feels good. Like, like you want to flip it on and you want to hear them talking about your team and you want to hear them talking about how they're the damn best. And it hasn't really been that way probably since the Josh Allen injury in, against the Jets. That's fine. They end up with the, with the second seed, and Kansas City wins the wins the one seed on a technicality. And here we are, entering the most important time of the year, which is playoff time. No bigger than the next couple of weeks, right? No bigger. And I'm looking forward to it. This team has evolved quite a bit for me, right? They start the season. Josh Allen throws two interceptions in that game, but, man, does he look good the rest of that game in L.A. And the emergence of James Cook. The regression of Gabriel Davis. The re-signing of John Brown and Cole Beasley. I mean, it's kind of crazy how the season went. Jordan Poyer, undefeated with him in the lineup this year. Misses a bunch of games. Leads the league with interceptions. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, for, for a, a good portion of the season, he he didn't end the season leading in, in interceptions. But, yeah, I just, it, it, it is... What what a I just think there's so much there's so much meat and potatoes of the season. It's just it's unlike any season I can remember. Whether it's the Bills or just NFL teams in general. Just the adversity. The travel. The frustrations. I mean, this has been an offense it has, you know, at times struggled and like at times looked really, really good. And don't really know how at the end of games to close games out. I mean, that's that's kind of how it's been over the last month or so. They get ahead, and they they just they do not run when you feel like they should run. And yeah, so here we are. I mean, we we are we are very close, guys. We're very close to the end goal here. the The one seed didn't happen. It's disappointing because it felt like this was really the year to to win the one seed. You you had you had the head to head against uh, Kansas City. And you had what an opportunity last Monday night to potentially take it. Take it, walk into this game, needing just to beat a team that is not good in in the New Orleans Saints, or not the New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots. And you just, you celebrate. And it was a different celebration. It was a different feel because of everything that happened with DeMar this week. But what a season. Just wanted to kind of think about it, talk about it. It's, we, we tend to make every game and every week into its own mini season. And now that the actual season's over and you look back and you think to yourself, man, like the ups and the downs. And that's how every NFL season goes. It's how it's what Sean McDermott talks about all the time is managing the peaks and the valleys, trying to remain steady in an NFL season that is going to have ebbs and flows. It inevitably has ebbs and flows. But as fans, you know, we sort of want this. We want them to play at their ceiling each and every week, right? When there's a standard that has been set by this franchise because of how consistent they've been over the last five years, since Sean McDermott, since they drafted Josh Allen. And with that standard comes frustrations when they aren't playing to that top level. And I think over the last week, what you realize is these guys are, they're human beings. I mean, they are living, breathing. They're not machines. And sometimes you can, in the context of it, you can sort of lose that, right? And, oh man, that guy drops the ball. He sucks. Oh, man, gave up another reception. What a terrible player. And I think, you know, the last couple of days have provided some much-needed context, and in, in, well, context, but much-needed inspiration. Much-needed, I don't know. It's just been, it's it's been a week. <laughs> it has been a week. Monday night, 
sitting here in front of this microphone. Got to tell you, I feel night and day better. Just was not a was not a good thing to be a part of. It just it was terrible to be a part of. I'm just happy Demar's healthy, getting better. I'm excited about you know his future, and I'm excited about the Bills. What's not to be excited about? 803-0551-888-552-550. Your numbers to call. Let's uh, let's grab a phone call. Let's go to RJ. He's been waiting patiently. RJ, uh, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for joining me, RJ. Happy New Year to you. Hey, Happy New Year. What's going on, brother? Nothing much. The uh, great game, great atmosphere. The kickoff return for the touchdown. You know, amazing. Um, overall, what the city has been, you know, going through the past year. It was just nice to see everyone smile a little bit. Um, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to Demar. And uh, I'm just so happy he's doing so much better. Um, I just want to say, at the end of the day, I expect the Bills. Either way, like you were saying earlier, uh, throughout the playoffs, just just find a way, remain balanced, and just find a way. Thank you. Thanks, RJ. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, it's uh, well, it 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 has just been a remarkably again. You know, when you think about this year, we're gonna have time over the next couple of months. You know. After the season's over, hopefully we're celebrating with a parade and everything else that goes along with winning the Super Bowl. But um, the reflection of the season, there's just going to be so much to it. There's so many things that you feel like happen in the course of a season. But this one, more so than, again, just like really any that I can that I can remember or think of. 803-0550, your numbers to call. Uh, we are going to cut to the locker room because we've got a lot of guys to get to that were at the podium. Uh, we're going to go to, I think, the man of the hour. I mean, I, I, I guess I would call him. Two kick return touchdowns today for Naeem Hines. An unbelievable performance. The first kickoff return in three years, three months, which, again, insane. Um, a 96-yard t- uh, 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 kick return touchdown and then a 101-yard kick return touchdown. So we're going to the locker room. We're going to hear from Bills running back and kick returner Naeem Hines. It's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. Describe the emotion as you're galloping down the sideline. You hear the crowd cheering. You know the emotion that goes into this game. And to come out and burst onto the scene with that play right away, just what was the emotion and that moment like for you? It was electric. And, uh, you know, we, we've had so many prayers and so much support. And uh, be able to start the game off like that, it's, it's amazing. I even talked to family and friends, and I just said, look, we're going to be ready today. Our boys are going to play spirited. And uh, just being around all those guys, even though I have not been here so a long time, it even motivated me. And uh, you, you've seen, like, we have threes on. I had three on my thigh pads today. It's, it's been amazing, but all that was for him. And I'm, I'm happy for the things that happened to me, but I was spirited. I felt like he was out there with us. Were you amazed at yourself when you returned the second one for a touchdown? Yeah, you know, uh, I ha- I've had two in one game in Indy, but, uh, and it's punt returns, but on the, on the kickoff return, I definitely was running down the sideline. I looked over and saw nobody, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I might, I might really be gone here, and uh, that's really just a shout out to those guys. Both kick, both kickoff returns for touchdowns. I think I barely got touched. And that really just goes to show the other ten guys blocking for me. Hey, you, you made the play. Josh called it spiritual for the first touchdown. At what moment? I mean, you're focused on your job. At what moment did you sense it wasn't just a big return and a big play, or did you at any point? You know, once you got in the end zone, or what was that like? Oh, I knew, I knew, it was, I knew about that way before the play even started. I knew this whole game, this whole week, even uh, Monday. I'm on CNN, I'm on local news, ESPN. Everybody's talking about Demar, and I just, you know, I just felt all the love and support. And you know, everybody talks about family and football, but ever since I've been here, it's been about family. And the Bills Mafia is the best fan base in this NFL. So in the NFL, so I mean, I've it's been it was very, very spiritual, and it was way before <laughs> I ever touched the field today. But as you're running. Are you thinking about what the impact this had on your teammates? I mean, they all talked about it, like what it did for them. <laughs> oh, while I was running? Yeah. Oh, while I was running. I was just trying to get there. <laughs> and then when I was getting there, I was thinking about celebrating with my teammates. And, uh, you know, as soon as I crossed the goal line, I, I thought in my head, like, wow, like, this is our first time since Cincinnati. Like, there's no, there's, like, it's, I'm speechless. And I can't believe, you know, I'm so thankful it was me to, you know, bring that juice. But it, it's, it's way bigger than me. And that's what I always thought about, and that's what I felt all day. It was just bigger than me and bigger than those 10 guys that, who did a great job of blocking for me. That Deion Sanders strut at the end of the second one, uh, have you ever done that before? Yes. <laughs> I did that on my second punt return against Carolina in 2019. I guess this is – I used to wear 21. 
Uh, you know, I prime time shoddy. I just call myself that sometimes. So I mean, I just was very, very spiritual with that one. Shoddy. My friends used to say that about me. I used to wear 21. So I mean, you know, Jordan has it, and I probably will never get 21 again. But you know, I still can high step for uh, you know Dion. On that first play, on that first play, without what happened to Demar, without thinking about Demar, does that first play happen? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, all year, I feel like um, <clears throat> on kick return and punt return, I feel like we've been close. I feel like I've been hitting it hard. Just been a step or two there. Uh, there have been a couple times I've slipped and fell on my guys. But uh, even uh, in the meeting, it's been hashtag free Hines. And, you know, ever since I got here, this transition has not been the easiest. But ever since I got there, those guys out there blocking on me, for, blocking for me on kick return and punt return have had my back. And uh, I've, felt I've felt spirited since I've been here because I know there's 10 guys out there who believe in me. So I think uh, – I think this punt return, well, the kick return, I think it was long overdue. And I feel like all the guys out there would say the same. Do you think that shattered the tension this community has been feeling all week? I hope so. Um, you know, I, you know, in Cincinnati, you know, we learned that, you know, football, you know, a lot of us, you know, we say football is life, but there's so many things that are bigger than that. And, you know, it's just a game. So I'm hoping that, you know, just within this game, it brought life to a lot more than just myself in this community, but just everybody else in this world. Jaheim, were you surprised that they kicked it to you after the first one? <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised uh, after the first one when they kicked it to me, but the second one, I knew they were going to kick it to me. So I mean, it's just uh, it happened. I mean, I, I returned two for a touchdown in in Indy, and they kicked it to me again. So I was hoping I got another chance. I was hoping I was going to get another opportunity after that. Did you kind of get a chuckle though when they kicked one out of bounds? <laughs> they gave me ball at the 40-yard line. Uh, you know. Great, you know, my job is, you know, I feel I take a lot of pride as a punt returner, kick returning, and flipping field position or giving the team great field position. So uh, that was for me. I, I chuckled a little bit, but I think it, I just did my job and you know secure great field position. Did you see it or did anyone tell you that Demar was tweeting about your plays? No, I didn't know till after. But uh, I actually just saw them and uh, you know, big shout out to Demar. Uh, you know, it's an, even him, he's been one of the guys who've been most vocal about you know telling me free Hines. He told me that every game. So uh, the fact that we could do that. While he, you know, in his in his absence, it's honestly you can't really make this up. This is is wow. That was one of his tweets, Freehind. See, we don't say it every day. Look, we don't say it every day in meetings for no reason. I'm glad it came true. It's a team sport, obviously. For what you could have done today for Demar, those two kick kickoffs, return for touchdowns. Do you think you did everything you could for him today? I hope so. And uh, if I did not. I'll keep going until I, I've done it, but I hope I have done that. And we got to win, so I think we, as a community, I feel like we needed this win. I feel like my brothers in that locker room, we needed just, you know, some great energy and some great vibes, and like, we had to win this. And even his dad said that. He said, like, that's what DeMar wanted us They would want us to push forward and to win against New England. Would you have scripted it any differently? Would you have scripted it any differently? Who, for me? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, today, absolutely not. I mean, I, I don't know how many times two, two kick returns and – a game ever happened. So, uh, you know, I'm just thankful uh, God blessed me today. And, you know, the other 10 guys out there, they're, they're the, really the ones who should be up here. Now, he, Josh, Josh was out here a minute ago. He broke down talking about what that play meant to him, especially as the new guy in this organization. What does it mean to you to make that kind of play, to have that kind of effect? Well, uh, like I said, I have not been here that long. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, I don't know DeMar as, as well as some other people, but I just remember what he's done for me. And uh, I remember when I was first here, as soon as I got here, I was in the tubs. He introduced himself to me. And ever since then, he's spoken to me every day. And, uh, you know, just somebody like that and just being around him for eight or nine weeks, just seeing how the whole team rallies around him. He's a very, very great guy, one of the best guys in the locker room. I, I'm honestly just honored to be able to just, you know, have, have a breath with him. You know, and I think that's just what I think about. You know, I haven't been here long, and I know that. But I was there to comfort my guys and try to be there for guys. That's what I've been trying to do this whole week. Just uh, obviously, I'm not as close with them as other people, but I know that for my 111, for my job, I can support my brothers who know them, who are hurting a lot more than I am. And just I would, what I would say is I think that uh, every person deals with grieving differently, and uh, I felt like my job was just to make sure I could support my brothers. I think usually after a win like that, you guys wrap up playoff season. It's usually a pretty boisterous locker room. We were happy, relieved. Uh, it was... It was great, you know. We didn't, we haven't played in two weeks really, and after the incident, it was, it was tough. But I think we've done a great job, and even Coach McDermott has done a great job of understanding us. Even throughout the week, they said, "Look, if you need a minute, just we'll give you a minute." So I think just you know everybody in this organization, coaches, general manager, and player down, we've all had each other's back, and I, I've, I have never seen anything like this since I've been playing football, and I love being here, and I'm so happy to be a Buffalo Bill. Naheem, where does this 
strength for you in most memorable football games you've played in? Uh, I probably say it's right. It, I, you know, honestly, it's probably my favorite memory. You know, I, you know, I got traded in the middle of the year. It's been, you know, I've had a very interesting year. Just life's been up and down for me, and uh, you know, this is a big day for me too. You know, I've been just trying to get opportunities. You know, it's a great team, and I'm here late, so uh, I'm out there just trying to make the most of every opportunity. So I'm happy I was able to do that, and for a great team and a place I really wanted to be. Hashtag free Hines. Hashtag free Hines. Naeem Hines there, Bills running back, kick returner. What an unbelievable game. Two kick return touchdowns. Only the 11th player all time to have two kick return touchdowns in one game. What a what a, what an unbelievable day. Monday on WGR, it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday, presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwestbank.com. Howard and Jeremy breaking the game down in the morning. Extra point show with Sal Capaccio at 10. Followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown, Steve Tasker at noon. Show up in Bulldog at 3, featuring Eric Wood at 4. Buffalo Bills football Monday. All day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Also, be sure to catch Sal Capaccio as he takes you behind the scenes on Bills Game Day with Sal's All Access Facebook Live. Right on WGR's Facebook page. It's brought to you by Duncan America Runs on Duncan. On the other side, we'll take some phone calls. Hear more uh, player sound from the locker room. Got a lot coming up here on uh, the Overtime Show here on WGR. All right, everybody, welcome back. The Overtime Show chugging along here on WGR. Bills get a big win, 35-23. They're now 4-0 in their last four matchups against the uh, New England Patriots. They're winners of six of their last seven, and short of, like, a wind event, they probably should be even better. Uh, they've, dare I say, owned the Patriots. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, you're on the Overtime Show. Good evening to you, Anthony. Hey, thanks for taking my call. No worries, man. And- Thank you for the amazing coverage that you guys have had this week. And um, coming from someone who's never lived in Buffalo a second of his life, um, both my parents are born and raised in Buffalo, moved to Texas before I was born. I have always felt a connection to this team. And I'm 36 years old. And this moment, along with breaking the playoff drought, has been – some of the two most emotional moments Mm. of my life. I have seen my father cry maybe three times in my entire life. Today was one of them. And for us to have closure on this situation, knowing that DeMar is recovering, and that is number one, but having closure on our emotions for this week in that way and what Naeem Hines did in that moment is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I'm so glad it happened. At the moment the injury happened, I'm saying, why us? Mm. Why us? Seems like always, why? right? <laughs> right. Why us? The hockey, the incident where the dude on the hockey ring, yep. is, 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 his throat gets flashed on our ice. Yep. Why us? Right? And then this moment, this moment of resurrection, this moment of complete just, oh, I, how, what are the words, right? And yeah. and I didn't. I don't get to hear the the broadcast on WGR, right? I'm in Texas, <laughs> and to hear the call on Bill's radio and the emotion and everything. And I'm in my house. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, like losing my voice in the moment. It's just unbelievable. And now I know why us. I know why us because we are built for this moment as a as a sports as a sports team as a franchise as a community. I'm not even from Buffalo, but I am part of this community. I donate when it's time to donate. And, look, this is special. And regardless of what happens the rest of the season, it's our year. And if there's any team that's America's team right now, it's this Buffalo Bills team. We are America's team. Let's go. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for for calling in. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's – Again, I I think you you put a lot of good things into perspective there, Anthony, and like it does feel like at times, especially you know, and, and you don't live here, Anthony, but that doesn't mean you you can't form an opinion, especially because you're you know seemingly a diehard Bills fan, and you know I think you see it, I think you feel it, but I do like from time to time, it's like you you get the sense like living here and and being from here, and I've lived here all 31 years of my life, and um, I don't have any immediate uh, plans on on changing that, but 
you know, I think about it often, like, it, it, at times you could almost feel like the city and the franchise, well, definitely the franchise, but the city and the community is, like, cursed, right? And you talked about, you know, seeing your dad three times in your life cry, right? I was sitting in the broadcast booth, and after the touchdown, I looked over, Brandon Bean's looking at the TV, and it wasn't just like, you know, you, you watch Sean McDermott on the field and you, you kind of see some tears coming down Sean McDermott's face. You, you see the motion on Josh Allen's face. I kid you not, Brandon Bean is borderline sobbing. Like that's how uncut, un, you know, just as real as it absolutely gets. It was a special day, man. It was a special start. It ended even better. And, you know puts a great cap on an unbelievably difficult season. You know, with all the expectations, I just started the show, like talking about all the expectations and feeling like, you know, you're here and with all these expectations and it's not that the season didn't live up to the expectations. It's just that they were so darn high, the expectations. They were just were so astronomically high. And it kind of felt like you would never really, it would never, it couldn't live up to that. It just couldn't. But it kind of did by the end, you know. It just was. It just was a special type of year. Um, happy to be a part of it. Happy to be here on this show, talking with you guys about it. And um, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. And hopefully, I got four more shows of these to do. I'd love that if I had four more shows of these to do. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Thanks for the call, Anthony. Appreciate you, man. We're going to hear from uh, Trey White and Dean Marlowe. It's the uh, defensive back duo, Dean Marlowe, making his first start of the year in place of DeMar Hamlin. Um, and I uh, thought did a great job. So uh, we're going to cut to the locker room. We're here from Bill's cornerback, Tredavious White, and Bill's safety, Dean Marlowe. It's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. We as a team and a, and a unit just, you know, I, we're, like Dion said earlier in the week, you know, we're human. You know, we're, we're not superstars and all that things. And we, we just feel like at a point in time, we were very sensitive to to what went down, um, and it to be a part of our family is a little a little uncomfortable. But you know we're we're built for times. This team is built for times like that, and uh, all we think about is just picking one one another up and playing for each other. Trey, what was it like to see Demar on Facetime after the game, and just to talk to him and be able to rehash the win with him? Well, I mean, this this week has been. Excuse me, like it's been a shit show, man. I mean, just just for 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 something like that to happen, and for it to happen like that, and for it, the chances of stuff like that happening on a football field is just like you never see it. And then for it to be one of our one of our brothers, and then for it to be in our room, in our DB room. Um, I was just telling somebody the other day, uh, our DB room is sort of like like my college DB room was like. We're so connected, and, and, and like we hang, we hang out outside of the field, and football never come up most of the time. So anytime you have a bond with, with, with guys like that, and to see something like that happen, and for me, I know to see it, to see all everything transpire from the hit to him getting up to him falling to his to everything. It's just it's just something that I I I can't get I can't unsee. Uh, every time I close my eyes, I, it, it, it replays. Um, I try watching TV, and every time the TV go on commercial, that's the only thing that comes to my mind, just the vision of that. So it's, it's been a tough week, been a tough week for our whole team, but it's not about about us right now. It's about DeMar and his and his family, man, and just what they, what they had to go through, his mom and his dad being right behind our bench and witnessing that their son go through that, man. It's just... It, it, it's it's tough, and uh, hopefully we we'll never have to go through this again. But uh, Demar is he's one of the most resilient, like honest, and just pure people that I, that I've met, and um, it just shows the type of person he is. So we got a text from Demar uh, yesterday morning around two 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 thirty two thirty one in the morning, and for him to text us. And what he said was, I'm thinking about y'all. I'm sorry that I did that to y'all. And for him to check on us when he's the person that's going through what he's going through, man, that just shows what type of person he is for him to check on us in a situation like that when he's the one that's going through it. So 
it just shows what type of person he is and hopefully we can just get him back. I just I just want to hug the shit out of him cuz in the in the meeting room he's sitting like two two seats two seats away from me and uh every time he come to the meeting room T-Weezy. <laughs> so, I can't I can't wait to hear his voice and a, able to touch him and, and just hug. And so, uh we miss you man and uh just get back to us but uh it's been it's been a hard week. It's been a hard week. How emotionally prepared do you think this team was to go out and play for Demar today? It's honestly, I mean, it, it. I don't know how some of us did it, uh, just because some of us went on and and that that is traumatizing. And like I, I was telling someone earlier, like I've seen traumatic things in my life, just growing up where I grew up at, and just in the environment that I've, I've, I've been raised in, but I, I, it was always the end result of me walking up and seeing it, but it was never a time where I saw every event, everything transpiring to the end. So that would, it's, it's, it's tough, man. So. Uh... All right. That's uh, your favorite corner. Tredavious White. Uh, before we take a timeout, let's uh, let's grab a couple calls since we got some folks hanging out on hold. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jim. Jim, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for hanging with us, Jim. What do you got? Hi, great game today. Um, I just you know it was a, it was a great game to watch. I was really excited. I'm running around all morning with my kids, and I keep trying to my I have daughters and one they don't really watch football because they're not of age to really understand. Like they're of age. They're just not interested. So I'm like, no, I got. They don't understand. I'm like, I got to get home. This is a special game. So, but it was. So it was great to watch. It was a great win. I'm so happy for the Bills. Um, but I do want to bring something up, and I just. It's just driving me crazy. It's Gabe Davis. I think he had more drops than he had receptions today. And Isaiah McKenzie drops the ball. I mean, Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. He's he's had a few drops here and there, but he's he's a he's a great receiver. But I don't get why they're playing these receivers. They drop the ball. It seems like more than they catch it. And you know, it's becoming a part now when you have Cole Beasley sitting on the back. I don't yeah. know if he was injured today. Well, they they couldn't Beasley call him up. Is, they 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 um. So he had each guy gets three call ups for the season. Uh, yeah. and I, so we did, we never actually got official word from the league or not, Jim, but we don't know I, the third call up was the Bengals game. We don't know if the league counted it or if they just wanted to go with John Brown in this game, but they will mm-hmm. have unlimited call ups from the, like, yeah. they, there, there's no, um, there's no ceiling on those for the playoffs. So if they want Cole yeah. Beasley to play or they want John Brown to play, both can play, but I would listen. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, at nine targets today, Gabe Davis, three catches. Yeah, it's and, and the one the one pass that he stepped out of bounds, even Romo said, I mean he he's a professional receiver. Yeah, you know last year he came on and we're like oh we're set we got number one and number two receiver, right. and he's not he's not coming back to the ball to force pass interference. It's like he's he just he's checked out and I wouldn't. I mean what does he do? I mean he doesn't do anything and we're not. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid to change personnel or try something new with having the, with Dorsey being new. I don't know if he's just comfortable or stubborn, but you know it's it's professional football. Yeah. And when you're going into the playoffs, you if we didn't have Josh Allen, and much like Kansas City didn't have Mahomes, mm-hmm. um, but Josh Allen, the whole team is on his shoulders. And I mean, the guy. I'm. I worry about this guy for his health because he has to do so much. Um, I just don't understand. I just don't get why they don't say, "Listen, he's just not. He's not doing it. He's not getting wide open. He's rarely catching the ball. Even the touchdown pass. I think it was last week. I don't know how he was trying to catch it, but it went through his hands and hit yeah. his bicep, and he was happy. He was lucky to catch the ball. Right. That shouldn't happen with professional receivers. And now you look back and you're like, hmm, maybe should, we should have picked up um, OBJ when we had shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that he, he didn't have a great – I mean, he dropped. He was known for dropping as well, but the guy was a threat. He was scary. The only thing is, you though, know? Jim, is like he's not playing now, you know? So, like, right. 
it, to me, he just like he wasn't playing this season, and and I think that's ultimately why he didn't sign anywhere. Um, right. But I do want to like address some of the things. Thank, thanks for thanks for your call, man. I appreciate yeah. you. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the things you said there, especially about Gabriel Davis. Right as it pertains to Gabriel Davis, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I like I've I've never played the wide receiver position, but I know there's like a couple of like common truths about the position. Right, you always come back to the football, especially on like a an in breaking route or a or a comeback route. You don't wait for the football to get there. You follow the football in. And the way that he tries to catch the ball with, like, his – what should be the top hand, or the way that he puts his hands to catch a football is not, like, how anybody would be taught how to, how to catch a football. Um, so there's some fundamental, legitimate fundamental issues. But to answer your question, why is he being benched? Why aren't they playing other players? This is the – when Jeremy and I talked about this in May, in an April, in the lead-up to the draft, about this team really needing another legitimate outside receiver because they don't have the depth, the one depth guy they had, Jake Kumaro, has been injured. Add in the fact that the actual good, turns out very good player in Isaiah Hodgins, they lost in, in waivers. And he's like a team's number one receiver. Now, he's a number one receiver because of you know, injury circumstances. But, I mean, I think they'd really like to have Isaiah Hodgins on this team right now. I'm not telling you he's playing over Gabriel Davis right now, but he might be. I mean, he really might be. They've got some serious work to do this offseason, but they, they can win a Super Bowl with what they got right now. Gabe Davis got to play better. But expecting him to take the step, I think, was maybe a little premature of all of us, including maybe the franchise as well. Thanks for the call, man. 803 We'll get more phone calls on the other side. We'll also get you your uh, eye on the quarterback and get you everything you need here for uh, the final, uh, well, the last segment of the first hour. we got hour two coming your way next. We'll hear from Sean McDermott. Uh, we'll hear from Mitch Morris and Deion Dawkins. Um, we'll hear Tremaine Edmonds and Taron Johnson. We've got a lot to get to here on the Overtime Show here on WGR. All right, welcome back. Overtime show continuing on. Let's grab one more phone call before we cut off hour one here. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on the Overtime show. Thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm good. And you? Um, I'm good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I just want to say how proud of these guys I am. I mean, look, at I go back, <clears throat> excuse me, um, prior to OJ, and um, you think I wouldn't have taken 10 and 3 back then. Um, well, <laughs> whatever. But, um you know, this team has gone through a lot. They didn't even play a game when they were anointed Super Bowl champions. Right. Yep. Um, okay, well, guess what? You still got, in our case, 16 games to play. Um, well, it's six and three. Well, they suck. Um, they're terrible, this, that, and the other thing, and they're not covering the spread, this, that, and the other thing. Well, here we are at 13 and three with everything that's happened and. You know, they may never win another game. Like, you know, I don't know. If I knew that, I'd be a millionaire, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, um, you know got to give these dudes a lot of credit. I mean, not just them, but the, the whole organization in general. I mean, it's like, you know, I realize, okay, you know, but the whole problem is there's so much money involved and so much gambling and, you know, and that's fine and dandy, whatever. But, you know, you got to play the season. Things happen, and I got a lot of respect for them and the organization. And you know, if they don't win next week, well, so be it. You know, are we going to fall over and call it a day? I doubt it, but you know, whatever. Anyway, that's just it. That's thanks all for, I got. Yeah, thanks for the call, Tom. I appreciate you, man. Well, I certainly hope they don't lose next week. I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of tweets riding on them not losing to the Dolphins in the playoffs. That, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be good for business, as they say. But thanks for the call time. I appreciate you. Let's take a timeout on the other side. Uh, we'll continue taking phone calls if you want to get your thoughts in. Uh, happy to have you. Uh, we'll hear from Mitch Morse, on Dawkins next hour. We'll hear uh, from Tremaine Edmonds and Taron Johnson. We'll also hear again from head coach Sean McDermott. I know it was a little uh, distorted, and uh, we didn't get the full interview on earlier, so we'll get you we'll get you all Sean McDermott's comments as well. That's all coming up next year uh, on Sports Talk. Oh, my God. I've been, we're, we're I've, been, I've been wanting to say Sports Talk Saturday. We all Every do. segment so far. Um, we got to get you eye on the quarterback as well, so we'll get all that as well. You're listening to the Overtime Show here on WGR.
Buffalo Bills, Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left. 23 left. Will. It's time for the overtime show with Nate Geary. All right, guys, welcome back. Our final hour, our final hour of the overtime show for the regular season, if you can believe it. Maybe we won't have an overtime show again this year because maybe they'll be all primetime games. But then I'll probably get dragged into being here anyways late. I mean, that's that's just... Yeah, that that just becomes post-game show with Nate Geary. just the way of the road. It's just the way of the road. All right, let's grab another phone call. Let's go to John, who's been waiting patiently. John, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for joining me, John. Uh, hey Nate, I, I I appreciate appreciate you taking my call. I first want to say that we're all so happy that uh, Demar is in great shape. Well, not great; he's he's in good shape, and uh, you know we're all just happy that he is doing so well. Um, secondly, I want to thank you for doing such a good job of keeping us informed about the bills and about the state of the bills through either your radio uh, program or even your uh, even your podcast, which I absolutely love. Thanks, man. Um, but a, a food for thought is one of my Saturday goes to. And I got to tell you, it is just absolutely the best. Um, look, I, I wanted to bring up silver linings here. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for as devastating as it was that DeMar had that injury, the – way that the bills responded today was absolutely it was it was incredible the the opening drive or the opening kickoff uh the way that the defense started out against the patriots was just amazing i want to bring up something that i don't think i've heard anyone talk about though i've heard complaints that the bills don't have a possibility of getting the buy because they can't get the first seed. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way that, that the NFL has decided that they're going to play this game. But um, that being said, I don't think the Bills are at a major disadvantage because they played less than a quarter of the game against Cincinnati. Right. And granted, it, it, was, it, was, it was just a, it was because of devastating circumstances. But when they started this game today, I don't think there was anyone on the injury reserve list, or I'm sorry, I don't think there was anyone on their injury report. Right. So, so that might have been the first time this whole season <laughs> that that they didn't start anyone on their injury report. So they kind of had like this little mini buy, and not not that that really means much of anything, but you know because they had this emotional drain, which was probably almost as bad as a physical drain, but they did get a chance to let their bodies heal. Mm. And I think a little tiny silver lining here is that the Bills did get a little bit of time off physically, if not emotionally or mentally. Nobody had an ACL. Nobody had a concussion uh, 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 against the um, against the Bengals. But I just kind of want to bring that up, and I just yeah. want to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, thanks for the call, John. And uh, I'll make sure I, I tell Bruce that you're a, that you're a fan. I know he'll appreciate it of the uh, of the podcast. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, uh, listen, I I would say that you're you're right in that. I think the thing was that, or well, the thing that you felt like you wanted from that bye week was it's just it, it eliminates that extra game of the one and done anxiety, right? And and now you go into this game knowing that if you lose, you're done. You lose your the season's over. Um, so there is some of that anxiety that still exists because of that. And, you know, like you, you start to, and I, and I said this earlier, I'm not a, um, I don't, I'm, a, I'm like a shame, not ashamed to say this, but like, I'm not like an overly religious person. I've never really been my entire life. Just, you know, I, I forget who said this. I thought it was somebody here. Shoot, I wish I wish I remember who had said this, but I was listening to a podcast or I was listening to the radio or something. And basically it was almost like envy because they weren't a religious person. And in like moments like this, you know, sometimes it's it's nice feeling like you're you have an attachment to like some sort of higher calling, right? And have that uh have that religious sort of feeling, right? Or or whatever you want to call it. But um yeah, I mean, I felt like I, I, the last couple of days, you, you can sort of see, like Josh mentioned it during his post game. We'll hear from Josh again in, uh, in this hour as well. Um, you just hear like how real 
uh, everything has been over the last couple of days. And, you know, three months and th- three years and three months since the last kick return touchdown. Naeem Hines has never re- he has zero career kick return touchdowns. Going, He's had a couple of punt return touchdowns. He's never returned a kickoff for a touchdown in a game. Two today. It's hard to make stuff up. It's hard to – you can't really create those storylines. They just happen. And um, they did. All right, it reminds me, i gotta, I got to get to Eye on the Quarterback, which is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. We'll go through Josh Allen's stats real quick. 19-30 in this game, 254 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, two sacks, and 109 quarterback rating. He also finished the day 6-for-19 on the ground, so a, a little bit of a, a lower production day for Josh Allen for the uh, for the Bills running game. This is their first game of the season. They do not hit 100 yards, so they will not finish the season uh, getting 100 yards in every single game. They were, up until this point, the only team in the NFL to have 100 yards rushing in every single game they played so far this season. Uh, once again, that ends tonight. 20 carries, 82 yards for the team as a, to- as a whole, and James Cook led the way. Seven carries for 34 yards, 4.9 yards per carry average. Stephon Diggs led the way receiving. Seven for 104 and a score, including a 49-yard touchdown. John Brown gets his first catch as a Buffalo Bill since returning, and his first touchdown since the uh, the season finale of the 2020 season, he goes one for 42, that 42-yard touchdown uh, in the game. And then Gabriel Davis, nine targets, three for 39 in the day, and uh, Isaiah McKenzie had a drop in there as well. He had his uh, two catches for 19 yards. Shaquille Shakir had a nice little catch, too, for 28 yards in this game. And then, uh, yeah, all that good. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to cut to the locker room one more time. We're going to hear from uh, the Bills' trenches, Mitch Morse, Deion Dawkins, um, so we'll do that here uh, as we cut to the locker room, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. How big of a win was this today? Uh, you know, with everything that we have gone through as, as teammates and as players and as fathers, um, this, this was a huge week. So I usually, like, sugarcoat it, and I say, oh, it's just another win, but, but this one was, was extremely special. Uh, it was extremely special coming into it. We understood that uh, we had to just get the job done, and uh, we're and we're blessed. Three and was with us, and uh, it's a huge win. And any time that we can win in this league, it's huge. So, you know, we we take it for what it is. Josh called that opening kickoff return spiritual. That was talk word. about you, it. Well, what were your emotions as you see all that transpire as you're yeah. getting ready to go out on the field? Um, it was, you know. Things like that just just don't happen, you know, and that just shows you that 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 God is real, and for that to start that game and like that, we were all like, "All right, something is scarily weird," but uh, it's it's a it's a strong energy, and uh, this team, is just full of love, and you know, from the angels like that have been watching us and Deham Spirit and and all of those prayers, like it just seems like it's just overflowing to each and every one of us, and uh, it was it was a special moment. And he did it twice, so you know it's a it's a it's a unique thing. But you know, I'm glad and that you and noticed it and are aware of it because God is real. Mitch, your thoughts? I mean, not only just as a football perspective, you go out and then you have this kind of shock that to the system like that. Um, it was such a tone setter. You could feel how you know how palpable it was in the stadium. Uh, it did feel almost like a like it was so surreal. Um, Really, traject- you know, the trajectory of that was, was paramount for us, and the, the, the crowd was into it. The team, you know, it really interjected a lot of energy. Uh, and like Dion said, to see that twice, um, you know, I think Naheem is, you know, he's, we've always known he's a special returner, but that was, I mean, that was a career game for him, and, and it could have happened for us as a team at a better time. On a typical day, you guys win, you wrap up seating, it'd probably be a pretty exciting locker room. What are the emotions in there? Yeah, I would be lying to you if if it wasn't we're a little emotionally frazzled. I think to come down, uh, it's going to hit guys differently. Um, But it was such a it was such a thankful locker room, and uh, you know it was it was it was it was just unique. If there was any stiffness, anxiety, nerves going into this game, even as you've seen Demar improve in his condition, did that first play snap you out of that? Are you still in any kind of funk? No. How are you guys feeling throughout that game, trying to get in a rhythm, knowing what just happened? I, like, I like, 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 truly think. Um, Puka, can, can, can I can I answer this and this question, please? Okay, and just real quick. Can I can I have like thirty seconds? 
Okay, thank you. Um, I like. I think that with being a, a professional athlete, um, like you learn how to adapt to your situation, and you learn how to, you know, build the the pieces of your environment to make the player and to make the the individual. And uh, when you know drastic things ha happen, uh, you just have to kind of take it for in what it is and just try to adapt the best scenario. And uh, the emotions fly. The emo like the emotions go up and down. I got you, baby. I promise, okay? And uh, it just it just goes. But you know, like when you have great teammates and you have guys that you can lean on, um, it, it just makes everything easier. And like guys like Mitch and our entire like locker room, like we have guys that we could just lean on and, and depend on that can just keep us up. And it's uh and it's showing. And the world sees it, and we see it from a from a closer in-house view. Yeah, I think the cool thing was we had some explosive plays. Uh, first of all, you can see a guy like Smoke come back. Um, you know, he was he was such a presence in the locker room for so many years, and then come back and it's just kind of seamlessly integrated back into his role. Um, and, and it was just really cool. It, it, when, when you have those explosive plays as an offense, um, it, it really. Uh, I mean, it's just such a tone setter, and uh, and the the emotions run so high. Um, it was cool. It, it it was just one of those really surreal things to see. And uh, he made such a good play on the football. Um, you know, Josh put it right in front of him, and Smoke did what Smoke does, and just you know you know just really took off. And uh, and you knew by the time the ball was there that there was no doubt that he was going to make that play. And um, we were happy to get off the field. Mitch, uh, you, Mitch, you guys have been on this emotional roller coaster really all season, highs and lows, probably no more so than this week. But now that the playoffs are here, how prepared do you feel to get a good week of preparation? And not to say at all that you're forgetting about mm. tomorrow, but to try to really block almost everything out and, and get ready for the postseason. Yeah, we know that the postseason amplifies everything, emotions, uh, just kind of you, how you prepare throughout the week. Um, like you said, I don't think this is one of those things that it's a snap of the fingers you you forget. It's not fair to anyone. It's not fair to DeMar and, uh, or us, for that matter, to think that we can just kind of flip a switch and, and be okay from it. Um, I just kudos to the guys for really handling this as well as they possibly could. Um, you know, there was no script written for us. We just kind of were figuring it out on the fly, and I thought guys did an admirable job, picked up guys. Um, I know Dion picked me up a few times throughout this game, just kind of checking on me and, and, and vice versa. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll really lean into uh, somewhat of a normal week in regards to preparation and, uh, and come out and, and really kind of put our best foot forward against a really good team. You're looking at the guy orchestrated right here. Yeah, um, I appreciate it, Mitch. Yeah. Um, like it just comes to a point where, where like you just want to just just give credit for um, or give or give credit to what you have to give and credit to, and uh, and this world is filled with so much energy. So for us, you know, putting that three up for uh, Demar, you know, it, like you can feel it and we can feel it, and uh, we're just saluting our brother. And uh, it just came to a moment in the game where, like we said, we did this. And then, you know, we just gave him a salute. And that's really just, just what that three was. It was just a salute to, to our brother that we knew was watching every bit of this game. And, uh, you know, just bringing that connection through his TV screen to, you know, this stadium, you know. Dion, with uh, everything, we know how close-knit you guys are, how y'all hang together outside of this place. How has this incident, how has this week brought this team actually together, just a, a more stronger bond? That's a that's an emotional question, Mook. Um, I like I think it's you just take it for what it is, and situations like this just and remind you why life is so special. You know why. You know, in a split second, in any incident, like you could be jogging, or you could be playing football, you you could be playing basketball, lifting weights. You know, like not any second is promised. And uh, for the situation to happen, it just opened up all of our eyes. Like it has made me become a better father. It has made me and become a better teammate, a better person. Um, to really just understand that you got to take life for and what it is, but you have to make every moment. 
the best that you could possibly make it. Like we're all in here t t like together and we can't take this for, for uh, granted. You know, Mitch is my teammate and I constantly tell him all of the time what I tell him and I won't say it now, but I tell him uh, like a special thing every single day. And he always laughs and he's like, why do you always say that, Dion? And it's because I just try to bring that, that height to his brain to just don't forget, you know, this is special. Like if we have dinner tonight at, at like at seven, let's all go. Because next week we might not all be able to, to be there. And uh, it's a special thing and it has strengthened us. And uh, we're going to take it and we're going to use this strength for as far as we have to drive with it, you know. And we're going to use it as an as a energy source because it is here as we can all feel it. All right. That is uh, Deion Dawkins who just all week spoke so eloquently and beautifully all week and you know, had an opportunity, a couple of opportunities to be on ESPN and, and talk about everything, and he just did such a great job being a representative of the franchise and such a great uh, leader and, and personality on this team. We're, we're lucky to have Dion. Uh, be sure to catch Sal Capaccio as he uh, takes you behind the scenes on Bill's Game Day with Sal's All Access Facebook Live. It's on WGR's Facebook page, brought to you by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. When we come back, I've got uh, Sean McDermott. i got QB1. Got all that coming up for you. If you missed any of those, there'll be... Uh, Coming up to you here next as uh, we continue on. The Overtime Show here on WGR. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.